Ava Addison's. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We will get around to taking some of your calls in the last segment mm-hmm. of the show. So we hope that you can listen um, until we get to that point so that you can chime in on some of what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Today's topic. <laughs> sorry. Today's topic <laughs> is uh, is a simple question that we will unpack through a series of stories and um And one, Will, you sent me Uh was uh, from 2016, which Mm. was a fascinating read because I felt like what it did was kind of unpack the book that I often refer to after the ball. Definitely. uh, Succinctly and just perfectly laid out uh, where we are in this country and uh, where we are in the church. Mm -hmm. And so the question that will be sort of the basis for our conversation today is, uh, have you been converted? Mm. Um, That's the question that I think every Christian needs to be um, asking himself, herself, uh, as you survey what's happening around you. Now, look, I we don't intend to become the program where all they talk about are sexual issues. Mm-hmm. And I think from time to time, if you listen to the program, you'll hear us discussing things, and it may seem like they kind of stay in that vein. But I'll tell you what we're doing unapologetically. We are following the leading of the Lord. Yeah. And as we see these things unfolding um, and they are a threat to the body of Christ, they are a threat to God's people. We're mm. going to continue to sound the alarm. So sure. that may toggle between, you know, social justice issues, looking at what's going on um, on down ethnic and, and cultural lines. Mm-hmm. Um, we deal with that. And so sometimes you may tune in and you, you might be like, man, it's day three. They're still talking about black, white <laughs> stuff. Like, you know, yeah, because, again, we're going to follow the spirits leading. Like if, if there are issues um, we want to, we want, and I hope this doesn't sound racist, but we want to be like those white blood cells that, um, go, <laughs> well, depending on who you talk to, you know, might think that's kind of racist because you know? everybody's triggered I mean, nowadays, right. right? You say something like that and it's like, you know, right. why do the white blood cells I mean, have to respond can to be the infection? The quote in the scripture can be seen as racist. So, you know, Oh boy, will the great, I don't know what we're going to do with these people <laughs> in culture today, but no, I, I just tell you, you know, we're not going to cower to the culture guys. Right. I, I cannot stress this enough. You are beaten down every single day. You're beaten down by people in your family. You're beaten down by people on your jobs. You are beaten down by people in the church mm. when all you're trying to do is stand on the truth of the word of God. Yep. That's what you're trying to do. And so you've gotten tired, though, because you're starting to think that there's nowhere that you can go where people are saying what the word of God says. Mm. You know, you it's like looking around and going, what is going on? And and I was thinking about this. So the question, again, getting back to the, the basis of our discussion today, have you been converted? And here is the question. I'm not talking about coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that that is true. Yeah. I hope, I hope that that is true for you. Um, I hope that you have been converted. Uh, but the question is, socially and culturally speaking, have you been converted? Have you been won over to believe that there is no longer any discussion or any dispute or any resistance 
against the rabid sexual agenda that is LGBTQ+. Mm. I think it's LGBTQIA+. Mm. The last time I looked at it, I think was Shouldn't what? Shouldn't plus cover the rest they of the were, stuff they're trying to... It does, I mean, but, you know, still, they? because, you know, triggered, everybody's <laughs> got to be mentioned. We mm, need to be on, represented. Um, if If you have been converted, then what that looks like is that you are now... On the side of being an ally, you believe that conversations like the conversations conversations that Will the Great and I have on this program are mean spirited. Mm. You think they are hateful. You look at us look at us as the bigots in culture. You think, oh my goodness, here go these hateful people talking about God's standard for holiness, God's standard for marriage, God's standard for sexual identity. If you believe that, oh my goodness, here they go again. You probably have been converted, and that is by design. It is not accidental. So we're going to talk about that, and as the conversation shapes up, we'll look at a couple different articles, talk about what's going on. I'm going to tell you how, um, and I'll I'll say myself and Will the Great, and I say me first because I'm about to use an illustration that (laughs) may not work for the man of God. Um, (laughs) But I was thinking about this, and you remember a few years ago, um, the, the animated um movie Rapunzel it was yeah. uh okay so i think it was uh, um ta- tangled tangled. Mm-hmm. tangled but it was based on the you know the fable uh Rapunzel right right right, right. let down your hair so there's a there's a one of the very last scenes in the movie where mother gothel wants to lock rapunzel up in this tower she's finally gotten her back after rapunzel has you know found her parents and everything and and you know she gets her back and if you've got kids in this age group you'll remember having seen this if not you're like We don't know what you're talking about. Just come with me for a second, right? Just come with me. Climb up the tower. All right, here we go. So she's got her back in the tower, and um, and Mother Gothel is going to lock her up, and she's like, you'll never leave this tower again because she wants access to her hair, you know, Mm -hmm. and guys, this illustration can go awry so many different ways, but (laughs) and the magical powers that it possesses. But there is a moment where Rapunzel says something, and I was thinking about this as I was looking at some of the stories we're going to cover, and as we Mm. will continue to sound the alarm for the body of Christ, and I'm going to paraphrase her here. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing a Disney princess, all right? (laughs) She's in chains, and Mother Gothel, the villain, is pulling on her, and she's like, I'm going to make it so that you never leave this tower again. I own you, basically, is what she's saying. And Rapunzel says, I will never stop fighting you every single day. I will never, ever stop fighting you. And she's saying that while she's fighting. Right. And, you know, ultimately she wants to to heal Flynn Rider. Mm. Right. And that's where our illustration stops. But let me tell you something as a Christian who believes that the Bible, the word of God is sufficient and inerrant. I will never stop fighting this culture that wants to undermine that. Mm. I will never stop telling the truth about what God has said about human sexuality and sexual identity. I will never, ever betray the trust. I will never, ever violate my conscience. By God's grace, as long as his spirit lives inside of me, Mm. I will not stop encouraging the body of Christ to fight back against wickedness. We do this on our knees. We do this by being immersed in the word of God. And we do this by speaking out without the fear of our loss of life, without the fear of losing friends. Guys, these things are temporal. But I am telling you, there is an enemy of our soul who wants you to tell lies about the creator. Mm -hmm. He wants you to tell lies about human sexuality and sexual identity. 
And our culture has normalized what is abnormal. And so I, I use that long illustration to say this to you. When you tune in, tune in to Aaron the Addison's every single day, we are going to be as true to the word of God as we possibly can. Yeah. Why do I say as we possibly can? Because I am not claiming perfection. Mm-hmm. I am not claiming perfection, but I am absolutely claiming to know the one who is perfect. Amen. And I endeavor every single day to get as close to that line as possible. That's why, look, it doesn't just stop at saying, no, homosexuality is not a new or different type of sexuality that in 21st century America has suddenly been approved of by God. It is not. Same thing with shacking up. And so, look, everybody can get in line and get convicted, right? Everybody take a ticket. And, and stand because none of us stands up against the Lord's standard. Mm-hmm. None of us measures up. Right. And so the Lord's standard hasn't changed in 21st century America because our culture has secularized. Notice I didn't say is secularizing because it, had, it has already happened. That's right. We, we are here yep. right now. And, and, you know, we say we say this all the time. We, we began saying this a few years ago. We are here. Yeah. Yep. This is what it's like to be here. Yep. When, when I started in activism. When we started talking about these issues, we would say things like, here is where we are headed in the United States of America. This is what will be facing our children. This is what will be happening in our schools. This is what will be happening in entertainment. This is what will be happening in public policy. It was always looking down the line. We're slowly inching, slowly inching. Well, we're not doing that anymore. We're here. Yeah. We're here. And Christians can continue to bury their head in the sand. And Christians can continue to try to make nice. But please understand that the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in does not seek to make nice. Not at all. <laughs> there, there are no friendly re- resistors or friendly. There's, there's no friendly resistance. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's not going to be any um, allies who resist. It's, you've got to be all on the side that is in direct opposition to God or nothing. <laughs> so the Christians who are like, well, you know, I don't agree with it, but you know, what difference does it make to me? What does it matter? It makes every difference to you because the aim and the goals of those who are in very powerful p- positions, the aims and the goals of those people is that there will be complete and total submission, mm-hmm. complete and total submission. That's the end game. That's the end game. And nothing stops short of that. I mean, when you when you look at it, and I was thinking about this today, we actually have someone running for president who is, you know, uh, out front homosexual, and oh, he's Lord. and he's claiming to be more moral than anybody else running. Think about that. It's amazing. It's amazing. my. I mean, he's saying this stuff like and claiming to be a Christian who follows scripture. But do you know how that you know how that claim? could be made by Pete Buttigieg that claim could be made when a person no longer questions what marriage is and what healthy sexuality is what sexuality is according to God's design and so this has happened over time and again people supporting Pete Buttigieg people who are Christians who are supporting this man and who will support him if he becomes the Democratic nominee, right? Or, you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> these are the people who have truly been converted, as um, Kirk and Madsen suggested in mm. the book After the Ball. Mm. 
Now, any Christian referring to this book, I refer to this book all the time. I own a copy of it. It it has been almost like a reference manual yeah. to watch what has unfolded and in the find. culture. It's hard to find. It I is hard to find. It's out of print. They bought one. It was like forty dollars. Yeah, it's out of print. It's out of print. <laughs> at at one point, um, I saw that there was um there was a book that was selling a copy of the book that was selling for a few hundred dollars. Wow. And so yeah, it's it's out of print. But let me tell you what that says. And the book that we're talking about is After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear of Gays in the 90s. I'm doing that from the top of my head. But um, there are people who say referring to that book is ridiculous. Like they say, you know, they say, come on, <laughs> like you can't believe that's that that really was the homosexual agenda, that they would put it in a book and make it available to the public. Yes, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it's out of print because they succeeded. <laughs> There's no <laughs> it's they they did it. Everything they sought to do. They did. So so here is the question again for Christians listening. Have you been converted? That's why when I get emails and that's why when I get Facebook messages and posts and all that talking about that, I'm hateful, that I hate people. And I can't believe that you would suggest that families should protect their kids and all of this stuff. That's garbage to me. Yeah, that is garbage Trash. to me, because what I'm what I hear when you say that and what I read when you say that. And then you also say that you're a Christian is I read that your mind has been won over. Mm, you have been taken captive you have been converted Mm. and so now what you are doing is simply spewing the lines all right you are communicating the sentiment that was fed to you and what was the sentiment that was fed to you oh homosexuals are just like people next door to you there there's nothing to see here there we must not draw attention to the sexual acts we must not draw attention to what we enjoy however deviant that might be Hmm. we don't want to draw attention to that We need to normalize this. So how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to infiltrate homes. Mm -hmm. How are we going to infiltrate homes in entertainment? Mm -hmm. So we're going to have people like, you know, Will and Grace. Mm -hmm. Where if we can get people laughing at these characters and welcoming them into their homes, Mm -hmm. if we can normalize this behavior, then we can show Christians that really it's a shame for you guys to object to these people just loving who they want to love. They're just like you. What are we going to do also? Furthermore, we're going to jam messages, direct wording from after the ball. We're going to jam messages. What do you mean jam messages? We're going to show Christians who are conservatives, who believe the word of God. We're going to show them to be homo-hating bigots. Mm. So when we associate those Christians with Bull Connor, with Adolf Hitler, other Christians will look at them and say, hey, wait, we're not like them. Right. We love people. That's right. And don't you see that happening? Yep. Don't you? That's that's already where we are. Mm -hmm. When we get back to the point, have you been converted? Sony is looking to make Spider-Man bisexual with a boyfriend Mm. in an upcoming movie. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Not to see. I ain't bluffing and I ain't flexing, I'm turning up. They overrised, they brutalized, they crucified them, they strung them up. He resurrected, I rose with them. That great commission, I go get them. I'm so fishing, I'm so Christian, I still believe God can sober up. Anybody's body seeing, seeing, prop, prop. Holy, holy spirit, spirit, gospel, gospel, God, God. We just, just gotta, gotta be all, all in. It worked back then with Paul and I'm going to stick to the script. I'm all in. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you spending some time with us as we try to make sense and hold the line mm-hmm. in our generation for the truth of the word of God and the truth of the character and the nature of God, that he is trustworthy, that yes. he tells the truth. 
God tells the truth. We, man, we, we are not going to speak against the truth of God, mm-hmm. right? We, we are not going to set ourselves up and say God has lied. And we now are the truth tellers. Do you understand the arrogance of that, the hubris of that? And that's where we are in our culture. The question that we are asking today is, have you been converted? Um, I think when you look around, you could ask the same question of some of your neighbors and your coworkers, people that you're in church with. Have they been converted? Have they been won over to a side of opposition to the truth of the word of God? Are they proliferating their new conversion? Mm-hmm. Man. Are they 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 proselytizing? Yeah, allies and and advocates of (laughs) spreading, you know, (laughs) spreading this stuff. And that's the thing, you know. I I I feel like what one of the things that they were trying to do, and I guess we'll talk about it, Mm -hmm. you know, is to make this make this lifestyle normal Mm -hmm. in 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 everybody's eyes. Mm -hmm. And the sad thing is that the church has allowed, in many parts, has allowed now that was become. That Normal. had to happen, though. Yeah, that, that had to. That happen. had to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, That was the that was the last gate. It was sort of like the drawbridge that was up. You know what I mean? So you can't get across until that drawbridge is lowered because uh. you've got the moat of morality mm-hmm. all around, right? And so there must be a drawbridge that is lowered that allows for the deception to come into the church. And mm. this started to happen with a lot of the liberal denominations when when the word of God, when scripture comes into question. And when you can say in our universities and in our seminaries, mm. um, can the word of God be trusted Um, Do you have the right interpretation of scripture? Right. And so when you start to diminish the authority of the word of God, when you can say that uh, God is light in him, there is no darkness. And you say that's a racist passage. Right. You see, now what you do is you call into question the reliability and the trustworthiness of scripture. This is why, my brothers and sisters, all of it matters. Mm. None of it's a throwaway game. When we have discussions about what's going on in culture, when we're looking at the different headlines, right? When Teen Vogue, (laughs) should give a disclaimer here. (laughs) When Teen Vogue wants to teach your children, your teenagers, how Mm -hmm. to sodomize one another. Mm -hmm. This is not a friendly game of croquet, right? Like this is, this is not, we're not just, you know, right? Yeah. It's not just king me, not checkers. Right. This this is a, a war with eternal implications. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not for the faint of heart. This is why, you know, I say to people all the time, look, there are, we serve different roles in the body of Christ. And some of us are stronger and more equipped to stand than others. I want all of us to be equipped to stand, but some of us are faint hearted. The Bible talks about this, right? Some of us are a little bit weak and we need to be encouraged. We need to be, we need to have other Christians stand in front of us. Mm. Right now, this is not meant that it's always this way. What should happen is that as you are strengthened, as you grow in your knowledge of God, as you are prayerful, as you are on your knees, you get up from your knees and Mm -hmm. then you move to the front. Yeah. And so the one coming up the rear is now behind you, Mm -hmm. but you move to the front. The problem is, is that we have weak Christians just hanging out in that space, Mm. just setting up tents in that space. No, you're supposed to be fighting on the front lines. You're supposed to be so encouraged. You're supposed to believe the word of God so thoroughly that you move to the front of the lines and you can sustain attacks. You can take hits, but it's not happening. And so this is why I tell people, I say, you know, if you are not bold enough, if you are not strong enough to stand 
broad shouldered on the word of God, then at least do the Christian community a favor by just hiding behind it. Just hide behind it. So if you cannot declare without mincing words, without stumbling and fumbling all over yourself, what the word of God says, if that makes you a little anxious, you're just a little bit fearful. I I don't want to offend. Then you know what? Then you hide behind it. And so let me tell you what that might sound. And I don't recommend strongly this option here. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, <laughs> but I understand that we're all in different places. So I'll tell you what this might sound like. It might sound like, look, I don't want to offend you. Okay. And, and I, I wish that this, you know, were not so, but um, here's what the word of God says. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, this is nah. what I believe. And, you know, I don't recommend that option. I don't. Let me tell you, look, guys, I'm going to say something. And then I'm going to I'm going to look at page 172 in the book after the ball. And we'll go back to the story about Sony and what they're doing. All of this is a concerted effort to make many more converts, mm-hmm. many more converts. All right. And I'm watching the church. I'm watching the great falling away that was promised. So it's not surprising to me, but it breaks my heart because who wants someone to perish for eternity? If what we say we believe as Christians is really true, imagine and think about what we are saying. Mm. This is not a game. Not at all. If you really believe that someone's eternity hangs in the balance, you can't be a convert. Mm. You cannot be won over by this world. And, and I'll say this. When when I saw this week what uh, Dwayne Wade. Uh, I want to. We have to cover that. Will. Was doing Go with ahead. his son. His Zion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to call. You know, mm-hmm. man, that's so destructive. And yes. because of his influence, it, it sends signals all across, you know, the world, basically. That's right. That this type of stuff, this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, this, man, he is such a loving parent. He is such, mm-hmm. it's like, no, he, he is abusing his son. Yeah. And, but, you know, you man. said something, you said something to me as we were talking about this maybe like a week ago, I think when he first kind of came out talking about this on Ellen mm-hmm. um, uh, earlier in the month, you were talking, because I, I said, man, this is ridiculous. And I said, you know, the thing about Dwayne Wade is that once he married Gabrielle Union, he continued like this descent into, I would say, sort of this ambiguity as it pertained to his, his, dress. his dress. He started yeah. to feminize his yeah. dressing. And it it seemed, you know, that I you know, I would jokingly say, looking at some of the pictures, it seems like his wife is dressing him. But I think, I think that true. that would be true. And, <laughs> and and let me say that his wife dressing him is not just his clothes. Right. This is also his mental state yeah. that his wife is dressing him. And you said something to me that he also did not have a strong paternal influence. No, not up. that. I, no, he, he was raised by his mom, who happens to be uh, a pastor. So I just wonder what, you know, she's saying about all of this. But anyway. No, he didn't have a, a firm, you know, uh, fatherly background. And I think that's a, a big void, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, uh, gives way to this type of stuff being, you know, uh, you know, happening in, in yeah. his son. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, when are people going to stand up and say, no, man, this is this is not right. Like you, this is destructive to your son, you know, instead of bowing down and saying, oh, he's a great parent. And look, look at what he's doing. That's that's not you know, that's not the truth. Man, there's so many different places I want to go in response to your question. The Wall Street Journal just ran um, and well, just ran maybe a couple of weeks ago, an article 
where there were two um, scientists, uh, one, a man named Colin Wright, an evolutionary biologist at Penn State, and Emma Hilton, uh, who's a developmental biologist at the University of Manchester. And in this Wall Street Journal um, article, they were talking about that there are like uh, evidentially Mm -hmm. that there are only two sexes, male and female. (laughs) There is no sex spectrum. Now, the reason I think it's important to mention that they are evolutionary biologists is because they have no spiritual component in this game. Mm-hmm. All right. They have no they're not defending this from any type of religious or spiritual component. They are saying, look, the biology says that there is only male and female, which I honestly find surprising that the Wall Street Journal actually read this or, or ran this op ed. Yeah. But I think it's coming at a critical time. And it's the type of information that needs to be out there. Mm. Before I go to that, though, let me um let me talk about what Sony is is uh, slated to do with Spider-Man. With Spider-Man. Yeah. And then I want to look at page 172 from okay. the book After the Ball. Okay. And uh, and then I think, you know, remember, the question is, have you been converted? That's the question. Yeah. You know, if you start to soften your heart towards sin, then you don't believe the truth of the scriptures. Why do we hold the line and why do we tell the truth according to the word of God, because we believe all of it. So we believe that the person who rebels against God, who's not put their hope and their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will be eternally condemned, right? We believe that there is freedom from sin and strongholds, all of them, all of them, right? All of them Mm -hmm. found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We don't normalize rebellion against God. And yet there are people who want to do that. And as, as you know, Pete Buttigieg would say, these people are finding themselves moving toward the right side of history. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> if ever you are on the opposite side of the Lord, you're on the wrong on. side of history. Come on. I was just reading today um, with, with the kids about the Tower of Babel and, and just talking about that. And, and I'm sure that as these nations that were supposed to be spread out, if you will, these people who would later become nations and represented around the world, I'm sure that they saw themselves on the right side of history, building this great tower and making a name for themselves. Mm. I'm, sure, I'm sure that they were quite proud of their rebellion against God, mm-hmm. that they were supposed to be spread out. But no, what we're going to do is we're going to all gather here. And make a great name for ourselves. I'm sure it appeared that they're on the right side of history. But no, whenever you, and that's why I always say, you know, um, man, I'm all over the place. But let me, let me go back to this and then we'll go to Sony. <laughs> One of the other things that I say, right? Um, we have this faulty idea. People say things like, and I know what we mean when we say it. But we got to get to the place where we become more intentional with our words. Yeah. And where we attempt to align with the word of God, even in our speaking. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. So so not just that we say we read it, we believe that it's true, but that we've got to incorporate this um, full letter, full passage in the way that we communicate so that we are telling the truth in our normal conversation. People will say things routinely like, oh, man, you know, I just I, I know the Lord is on my side. <laughs> right. I'm so glad God is on my side. Well, that's fine if you say that understanding that the Lord is on your side because you are first on his. Amen. So to have the Lord on your side means that you have first moved over to his side. The Lord does not move over to the side of sinful men, right? 
and so then lead them in victory over and against his will. Right. <laughs> Come on, people. Like right. this is, but these are the kinds of feel good sermons that we get, mm. you know, every Sunday. And sometimes, you know, Wednesday half, we, you know, these little, <laughs> these feel good, pithy, why God is on your side. If that sermon doesn't lead off with he's on your side because you're on his side, then it's wrong. Mm. God is not our genie in a bottle that we just say, you know, this is what I feel like. This is what I like. And this is where our culture is going, guys. And you're going to, man, you're going to run into, if not already, Many, many weak professing Christians who are perfectly content to be in that state of weakness. Mm. You must not cower. Amen. You must stand strong. Amen. Here's Sony. Sony is looking to make uh, Spider-Man bisexual with a boyfriend in an upcoming movie. So, well, I'll hold my commentary. I've, I've already done enough. <laughs> Here's the article. The entertainment blog We Got This Covered said, citing an anonymous but reliable source, that Sony is developing a live action Spider-Verse movie that would unite the actor uh, Holland with his predecessors, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and that the studio is, quote, particularly keen on getting Garfield back as they want to portray his version of the hero as a bisexual, I'm sorry, as bisexual and give him a boyfriend in the film. Man. <laughs> what you call this? It was, what, it was jamming? That's what, no, this that's is, not, oh, no, this is the first one where they try to normalize. Yeah, this this is normalizing. Yeah, this is this this is this is normalizing. This is desensitizing. Yeah, is what they call it in the book I'm like, after man, the ball. It's Spider Man. Come on, man. Like what? so in in the book after the ball, what Will is referring to is that they have this three step <sighs> approach to ultimately getting to conversion in American culture, right? And so the first step is desensitizing. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's where you start to see people who have deviant lifestyles as normal. And the way that you do that is that you don't draw attention to their lifestyle. You just want the public to view them as people. All right. So this is just normal. So it's normal that the superhero and, and according to this article, that the superhero is not just your average white cisgender male. <laughs> Notice how all of the social justice issues collide. Oh okay. He's not just the white privileged cisgender male. No, what we need to start exploring in superhero land, remember, these are not real. Right. <laughs> it's just, you right. know. So what we need to start exploring is how we can bring equality and representation to superhero land. And what's mm. the best way to do that? Not to make more female superheroes, right? Because, you know, women don't really matter. Sorry, guys. Thank <laughs> you so much for your help. But. We'll and take it from it, here. It's, it's going beyond black and brown, too. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't, you don't, you don't need a brown <laughs> superhero. No, what we need is we need someone who is a member of the LGBTQ plus Aye. community. You remember we talked about, um, okay, so I, the three tier, because I don't want to leave them out. So number one, desensitization. Number two is jamming. Where you make the person who is the Christian conservative, the Bible believing Christian, believe himself or herself to be a homo hating bigot. Mm -hmm. Right? Jamming. And then final step is conversion. Mm. Conversion. Where the person goes from simply sympathizing to overtly supporting the gay community. Now, you think about that. And we've got pastors calling for you to be allies. Mm -hmm, advocates. They're allies. calling for oh, you man. to convert man. from our pulpits Come today. On. Come on.
from positions of power, calling for the conversion of the Christian to support the things that are reprehensible to God. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will be right back. Man, I'm telling you, I have, um, look, I don't have any guilt, man. I don't have any guilt. I don't have any ethnic guilt. I don't, I don't have any gender guilt. You shouldn't. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have any cultural, I don't have any religious guilt. I don't have any of that stuff. Um, I, I know that I deserve hell. Mm. I know that, um, that I'm an offense to a holy and righteous God, and I've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and look, I know that on national radio now, we even tone that down as conservatives. We don't talk about that so much because we want to sound way intellectual. You know, look, I look, I'm also pretty dumb. So 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 praise God for that, that he he can use the foolishness of of, of mm. my dumbness. You understand what I'm saying? And coming from the inner city, because that's look that there you go. That's where I'm from, the inner city. Y'all know I just don't know. I don't know. We don't talk like that on radio anymore, Mika. Oh, I don't know. I'm from the inner city. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do know. I know Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. And I don't care how much I learn. I never want to forget that. Amen. I never want to forget that. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on uh, American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Jay, the producer. I'm going to wait. I just want to say happy birthday to Miki. Oh, hey, thank gonna, you so much. We're not going to like not you know let the show go by without saying happy birthday. I feel like my legs were running and then I got put down and then pew, like that. I feel like I was, you know, one of those cards you pull back pew, and you put it down. Sorry. Hey, yay. So, yep. Four decades and a year. And um, <laughs> and I'm so grateful to God to be here. I'm grateful um, mm-hmm. to be on the air at this moment in history, um, in the history of the church. I'm not just looking at things um, from a natural standpoint. I'm looking at things from, from a spiritual standpoint. And I'm grateful to God that uh, we are able to publicly hold the line. He's worthy of that. Mm. Jesus Christ is worthy of that. We've got to stop making concessions. We've got to stop making apologies for what has been affected for us. Um, we, we can't keep doing that as Christians, guys. We, we got to hold the line. Mm. We've got to hold the line. We've got to get the gospel intact to the next generation. Please understand that it got to you. So you can't drop the ball, right? The Amen. gospel got intact to you. Amen. I've, I've said before, I used to think of, oh, you know, these these 12 extraordinary men who turn the world upside down. And for some reason, I never really made the connection that I almost viewed it like this Hail Mary pass. The gospel got to us, you know, from the 12 apostles and boom, you know, (laughs) couple couple millennia later. And then, bam, we got it. No, that's not how it happened. It was a series of passes. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Thank you. It was a series of passes and not passes that happen without people trying to knock them down and, and mm-hmm. cause them the fumble. And, and you know, I'm not good with sports. Will, no, but you're for doing what, good. Am, am I okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, had the, we got the gospel through big Bruno, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bruno was standing there trying to stop us getting the gospel, but little people, they mm. pushed through big Bruno. They were intimidated. They were threatened. They were sawn in two. They mm. were boiled in oil. Mm. They were lit aflame. They were mm. eaten by animals for other people's entertainment that mm. we could get the truth. And you mean to tell me we're going to get the 21st century America Come and because people write nasty things about us, we're going to stop. You're not worthy of mm. those people who live before you. Mm. You're not. Man. 
I don't I can't I don't have to I, I I'm intolerant. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm intolerant. There it is. I said it. You don't have to say it. I'll say it for you. Miki is intolerant. I cannot tolerate people whose feelings get hurt because people write nasty things about you because you believe in the truth of the word of God. <laughs> I just imagine, you know, and I'm kind of animated in my mind. I just, you know, just imagine our brothers and sisters, you know, yeah. Felicitas and Perpetua. Come on. You know what I mean? Who who were ripped apart by animals and the animals didn't take their life. And finally the executioner has to step in mm. and finish them off and put them out of their misery. I just imagine that woman and her servant. And we're like, Oh, but they unfriended me. Mm. And I just, I just, <laughs> I just imagine those women being like, Oh, I'm sorry. Eaten by wild animals. <laughs> like, mm. You know, I, I mean, I, I know we all have our cross to bear here. Like, you know, but <laughs> right. Yeah. We're too comfortable. Yeah. We're so comfortable in the United States of America. We can talk about various degrees or varying degrees of holiness. Hmm. We get to debate how right God is. That's just way too comfortable. (laughs) But this is where the church gets purified. This this is where the church gets purified, right? This is where there is the great falling away. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and then I want to read an an, an excerpt from um, After the Ball. Here is what's confusing to a lot of people in the church today. What's confusing to a lot of people in the church today is not that we didn't expect a great falling away, Mm -hmm. but what we expected was the great falling away would be represented by diminishing numbers. The problem is people are falling away, but they are not going away. Mm-hmm. they're staying right there in the church. Yeah. They are falling away in our midst and staying right there in the church. So we boast of great numbers and we look like, oh my goodness, the body of Christ. And, and it's like, no, <laughs> no, those people are not with us. Yeah, They're among us, but <laughs> they are not with us. And you can test them. How do you test them? Because you have the word of God. You have the eternal word of God. And anyone who is standing against the word of God is not with us. They're not with us. Guys, If we cannot stand on that, what do we have? If we've suddenly got these sliding scales where everybody's got to learn what the new vernacular is and, you know, and, 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 and practice pronoun hospitality. (laughs) Wow. Good grief. (laughs) All right, here we go. Pages 172. And uh, 173, maybe a little bit of 174. And then I tell you what, you want to talk to us today? We'll, we'll, we'll squeeze in a couple calls. 888 589-8840, 888-589-8840. 589-8840, 888-589-8840, After the Ball. This book was written in 1989. The Strategy of Waging Peace, Eight Practical Principles for the Persuasion of Straits. Hmm. Now, generally speaking, I'm reading here. Generally speaking, the most effective propaganda for our cause must succeed in doing three things at once. Three things at once. Number one, employ images that desensitize, jam, or convert bigots on an emotional level. This is by far the most important task. Number two, challenge homo-hating beliefs and actions on a not-too-intellectual level. (laughs) Remember, the rational message serves to camouflage our underlying emotional appeal, even as it pairs away the surrounding Mm. latticework of beliefs that rationalize bigotry. Number three, gain access to the kinds of public media that would automatically Mm. confer legitimacy upon these messages. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wait. Gain access to the kinds of public media 
This is page 173 from the book After the Ball. We've got to gain access to the kinds of public media that would automatically confer legitimacy upon these messages and therefore upon their gay sponsors to be accepted by the most prestigious media, such as network television. Mm. Our messages themselves will have to be, at least initially, both subtle in purpose and crafty in construction. Wow. We're in the throes of that right now. What happened last July on the Disney Channel? In their series, Andy Mack, it made history mm-hmm. because it depicted the first teenage gay couple. Yep. Season three of that of that finale. The series concluded with a scene between a kid named Cyrus Goodman, <laughs> a character named Cyrus Goodman, confessing his attraction to his classmate, T.J. Kippen. Also, you'll remember that all across media, you've got, you know, homosexuals being represented being more visible and why because we need to legitim we need to legitimize our message we need to legitimize our message let me read um let me read one other thing mm-hmm. and then we'll go to the phone lines here all right this is a this is a war saints this is a spiritual battle but let me tell you something on your own you're not equipped for it you've got to pray daily and you've got to seek the boldness that is yours in Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you're going to stand. People are dropping like flies. It's <laughs> They're dropping like flies. They're being converted every single day right in front of you. Here again, from, from the book After the Ball, mm-hmm. page 174. Communication then, not self-expression, is the basis of a mass media compa- campaign. To achieve it, every public message in the campaign should be the direct result of gays having put themselves in the public's binding high button shoes and asks if I were straight and felt the hostility most straights feel toward gays, what would it take to get me to change my anti-gay feelings? In other words, don't start by deciding what you most ardently wish to tell straights start by determining what they most need to hear from you. Mm. Remember this book is the playbook. This is the agenda written to homosexuals. So this is the strategy that you must employ to change Americans' minds toward homosexuality. Wow. Now, last passage here. Mm-hmm. An essential corollary of this communication rule is that straights must be helped to believe <laughs> that you and they speak the same language. Mm. They must become convinced that despite a key difference, sexual orientation, You and they nevertheless share enough ideas and values so that dialogue can proceed in a meaningful and fruitful way. Straights won't even stop to listen to your message unless we reassured by certain obvious surface cues, dressing and speaking like them, for example, (laughs) that you and they transmit on the same wavelength. In other words, you need to start fighting for marriage rights, mm-hmm. and because also, these straights want wholesome and also families. you can't be drag queens around here no. in the beginning. No, because <laughs> that no, won't, that was that forbidden. Work. That was forbidden. That's expressly written in the book. Will, as you know, that is. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for reminding. That is expressly written in the book. And and, and um, Madsen and Kirk write as much as we want to see you flaunting in your pink boa. You're gonna have to stay out of the fight for now. They wrote that in the book. Mm-hmm. 
They wrote, they say we, as much as we'd like to see you out and proud in your pink boas and your cha-cha heels and all of this, you're going to have to stay out of the fight for now because we're trying to win a nation. And it worked. Now look and how it out worked. And proud they are now. Come on, guys. And, and so the question is, where do we go next? Okay, let's try to squeeze in some phone all lines. Right. Will the Great. Let's go to Tamara in Virginia. Hi, Tamara. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I just want to say, excuse me, thank you so much for your courage in speaking out on this. And I just, everything that you said today really resonated with me. Um, I remember about 14 years ago talking to one of my Christian friends about some of these topics that you're talking about and really having her uh, really kind of trying to turn it around and be about me and say, well, you know what? What are they doing to you if they're living their lives that way? Mm. What is that doing to you? And, you know, I kept saying it's not about me. You know, it's mm-hmm. not about me at all. And uh, I just really felt like it was, you know, not that I'm perfect. I know I'm a sinner. But, you know, it's it's about God. It's about His Word. It's about children that are going to be misled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just a very, very difficult time. But I remember that specific conversation at dinner for like a couple of hours we talked mm-hmm. about this. And, um, you know, unfortunately, not because of that necessarily, but we're not friends any longer. Man, Tamara, thank you so much for your call. And I appreciate that question that you allowed for us to be able to hear even today. Mm-hmm. You know, how is this about you? For the Christian, we have always had a message of salvation to whosoever will. And so if that is true, if we really believe that God judges sin, this is about us, right? This mm-hmm. is about us declaring the truth in the face of a very wicked and deteriorated culture. Yeah. This is this is about us. Right. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Right, let's go to Paul in North Carolina. Hi, Paul. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing good. Hey. I, do, I don't have a question. I'll be real quick. I just want to say I, I thank you for your courage, just like the lady before me said, uh, y'all standing up for something that's uh, a lot of people don't realize anymore. And you got my attention. I've only been listening for about two months, but it's uh, it's, it's really good, and I, I thank you for it. God bless thank you, Paul. you, Paul. Appreciate it. Did he? I thought Paul said he had a question. Is that was? Oh, I thought he was ending. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, Paul, that's okay. I'm sorry. About is, that. is Paul still there? No. Okay, where do we go next? Let's go Sorry, to Paul. Jimmy in North Carolina. Hi, Jimmy. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nikki. We truly love you. Well, God bless you. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Birthday. I appreciate God using you to help us Christians separate the wheat and the tares. You make them stand out very boldly. God bless mm. you. Thank God you. God bless you, Jimmy. We Thank appreciate you, Jimmy. you. Let's try to squeeze in one more call, Will the Great. Where do we go? Let's go to Terry in Georgia. Hi, Terry. Hey, uh, good afternoon, guys. Uh, I'm not a good singer, but I want, do want to wish you a happy birthday. So, uh, <laughs> God bless you. Thank you, Terry. I, God bless you. Uh, really, I, I just wanted to call and let you guys know that you are a blessing uh, for me and my family, I listen to you guys every day on on my way home from work, and uh, just to hear you guys, you know, break down the word, analyze it, and distribute it to the the public, and and to stand boldly uh, when so many of us, you know, um, out here in this world, we're living this and we're seeing it, and 
and to hear you shout it out uh, from the mountaintop, uh, it, it's, it's a, truly a blessing. So God bless you. And to do it as, as husband and wife, that's, that's even that's even better. So uh, God bless you guys. Uh, wish you and praying for you to, uh, to continue, you know, with this ministry. And, and uh, I just enjoy listening to you guys every day. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank that you. is such an encouragement. Let me just say, I know sometimes we get our wires crossed, but if Paul will call us back tomorrow, we'll take his question. Um, I believe he had a, had a question, and so we apologize that we kind of got our wires crossed. We're out of time for today. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.